Siren. Episode 7. Descent. By then, I knew what I was doing. I'd given up. I only had a few months left before I turned 25 and I knew that wasn't enough time to change things. Especially with the luck I'd always had. My time was running out, seeping through my fingers like water, and it felt like there was nothing I could do to change it. I knew that soon I'd receive the message letting me know that I'd be sent away in some clean-up mission hundreds of miles away from my community. I already knew what my fate was and that if I tried to fight it, things would only end up like they'd always done in the past. His face didn't even look remotely familiar. I wondered where he'd been hiding until then. It was possible that I'd met him somewhere over the years. Maybe we'd briefly gone to school together and then he'd transferred to another one. He looked roughly around my age, maybe a couple of years or so younger. If he'd have been three years younger, then it would have made sense that our paths wouldn't have crossed, or at least not as much, given our time and education on Lux has broken up. Our community was made up of thousands of people, and as much as the High Council liked to emphasise that we were all part of one whole, one unit, it was obvious that one person was never going to personally know every other person living in the same community as them. But there had been so much talk about this new food store that somehow it didn't surprise me to see an unfamiliar face. <laughs> That's how it always was. Even though there were thousands of us, the community still felt so small that any news, no matter how insignificant, always became such a huge talking point. It felt so rare to get something brand new. There was a certain sense of mystery around it. The queue was really long that day, which was obviously unsurprising given how much everyone had been talking about it. With me being short even by luck standards, it took me a while to see anything other than the menu which had been placed up high on the stall, where everyone could crane their necks to see what was on offer. As I got closer, I saw him. That beautiful smile. I felt my heart slowly melt with every step I took closer to the counter. By the time it was my turn, my, <laughs> my hands were shaking and my throat was dry. I never had been good with dealing with my emotions. <sighs> Even at the end like this, it was something I'd never managed to control. His voice was as warm and sweet as the tea I ordered. An old earth recipe he'd recently uncovered, he said. I wanted to ask him how and where he'd uncovered it, which part of earth the recipe was originally from, but... All I could do was smile and say thank you. My brain cells too mushed up to come up with anything more coherent. As he handed me my tea, I 
notice he wasn't wearing a ring. <laughs> My mind went into overdrive. Could it possibly be? I knew that the chances of him having taken it off for work, damaged it or lost it were a lot more likely than not having a partner, but I just couldn't help myself from getting carried away. It looked like a chance, a last minute chance to escape my punishment. And as I continued to visit his stall, he was always so kind to me. Why was he so kind to me? Hadn't he heard the rumours? It was during a visit about a week later when he was selling a new drink that he was trying out. My wife loves it. He casually dropped into the conversation as he poured me a cup of his new concoction. I managed to smile weakly as I felt my heart sink down to my feet. Of course he already had someone. As carried away as I'd got, I think I'd always known that deep down. There were so few of us left around my age. That night, I couldn't sleep. I was tossing and turning for hours. I was so angry at myself for getting so attached to someone I didn't even know, not really. And in such a short amount of time. I knew I'd always been like this. I'd hoped that eventually I'd be able to control my feelings better, but it never happened. I'd gone back to that stall every day after my first visit and every time my heart would start racing as I approached it. I alternated between angry and sad tears. Angry at myself for developing feelings for someone when I clearly had no chance. Sad for not getting what my heart wanted yet again. Eventually, I think I exhausted myself by crying so much that I just fell asleep. The next morning I woke up to the sound of my alarm. I saw my face in the mirror, eyes still puffy and red. I thought about how many times I'd seen my face looking like this over the years. Bloodshot eyes betraying the hurt I felt because of my feelings for someone. I mentally chastised myself for letting myself get too carried away yet again. And that, I guess, is my last story. Pearl, end log. We are now approaching your destination. Wow, you're finally here. Yes, the planet you see ahead of you has been designated A Y dash six three two two. It has been deemed suitable for human habitation by the High Council. It looks so yellow. I don't understand. The Information I have been given access to indicates that you will not need any breathing equipment and that the climate is similar to that of Lux before 
the wall. There is plenty of fresh water and an adequate amount of vegetation. Okay, but how did they pos- We're so far from Lux, how did they have the tech? No. They always said that they didn't have any spaceships. Nobody left the planet. It was for the good of Lux. No, they said that nobody ever left the planet. How many other lies did they feed us? The High Council of Lux has access to spaceships for the good of the communities of Lux. They have to send out missions to discover planets that would be suitable for human habitation. There are not enough spaceships to transport every citizen of Lux away from the planet. They are simply used for research purposes. If all the citizens of all the communities of Lux were to try to leave, it would be like when the Earth died and the rich and the privileged were the first to escape. In order for the communities of Lux to survive in their new home, we must all work together. It is not permissible that people be left behind, as happened on Earth. But I'm just one person. It is important that you explore the planet, discover suitable areas for the communities of Lux to re-establish themselves, discover what the planet's flora and fauna are, and if there would be any threats to the survival of the citizens of Lux. Right, so in other words, find out if anything on that planet wants to kill me. Your sacrifice would be for the greater good, Siren. If the High Council does not send colonists to explore these planets, many more people will die. Always for the greater good. Please fasten your harness, Siren. I am about to commence descent into the planet's atmosphere. Thank you, Siren. No other ships from Lux have attempted to enter the atmosphere of planet AY-6322. So please be prepared. Right. Okay.
Seren is written and produced by Neris Howal, who is also the voice of Seren and Pearl. Our theme is Rumination by Kevin MacLeod from Incompetech.org. Details of the sound effects used in this episode can be found in the show notes. You can follow us on Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram and Facebook at SerenPod and get in touch with us by email at serenpodcast at gmail.com. If you like the show, please subscribe and leave us a rating and review on your favourite podcatcher. We'd like to recommend another fiction podcast that we think you'll like. The delightful This Planet Needs a Name follows a group of scientists and engineers who have been chosen to terraform a new planet. Thank you so much for listening.